Alright, hey everybody, welcome to For the Record, episode number 52. Um, I know I sound like I'm talking a little bit quieter, there's just uh, people in the other room and I just want to be respectful, you know? I just like doing that. Alright, I'm gonna stop talking to myself because I sound weird. Alright, this is episode number 52 and before we really get into that, I'm really thrilled to share something with everyone and that is we have a sponsorship for this uh, show now. Um, well, it's, it's, it's an affiliate program that we work with, but, uh, this episode today was brought to you by audible.com. A lot of people like to read. It's a big thing. Um, and there's now something very cool with the invention of technology called audiobooks. What? Yes, they're awesome. They're really cool, especially if you like to drive and you have a long trip. It's kind of like a podcast. It's, um, it's a different way. You can listen to them when you work out, whatever the case may be. Anyway, um, audible.com has a really great um, program that you can do. They're an Amazon company. And when you, uh, sign up, you can get a free audiobook um, through the site and you get to try the website for 30 days. Um, after that, um, it'll charge you just like any other subscription based service. Um, but it's really cool. I have tried audible and I've tried audiobooks and they're wonderful. And sometimes if you get like a biography or something like that, you'll get the author reading it. Um, I believe uh, like Steve Martin has um, his own book, but he reads it, and it's a very different um, it's a very different process when you're listening to it because you're listening to him, and if he's like writes out a, uh, one of his jokes, it's actually him reciting it, and it's it's a totally different experience. So it's very cool. I highly recommend Audible.com. Um, so go ahead and uh, follow the link that's in this description, but it's um, www.audibletrial.com/shamelesspromo. Again, the link will be in the description to this, but click that and you'll get a free audiobook and 30 free days at audible.com. All right, this episode was, um, this episode was fucking awesome. It was Anthony Green, um, who is the vocalist for numerous bands. Um, this time we were talking about his solo work and the most recent album he put out called Pixie Queen. Um, but he is the vocalist for a band called Seos and is a vocalist for Circus Survive. That's just a number of, a small sampling of the projects that this guy has done, but Anthony couldn't have been more gracious. It was so wonderful to talk to him. We had snacks backstage. Um, he was about to take the stage, um, at the Oakland Metro Opera House, uh, on Wednesday and we talked about the writing of pixie queen and just a bunch of other great stuff i mean it's like it was i got a little bit nervous at certain times because he's just this he's he's got that presence and he's got this energy about him it's it's insane um like it's just one of those people where you just you want to smile when he walks into the room i i can't even explain like he came up and and he gave me a hug. He didn't even give me a handshake. He gave me a hug when he introduced himself. And it's just like, it was just, it was, he was a goddamn delight. Like, that's all I can say with this. Um, and that will conclude this introduction. Why I announced that I was concluding something, I really don't know. I think it's because it's the end of the day on Friday and I'm ready for the weekend. Anyway, we're going to jump right into this. So here's episode number 52 with Anthony Green. Enjoy.
Star Wars gear on. Oh yeah. Uh, oh god, I didn't even I did not even realize consciously that I had this on today, mm -hmm. so that's great. Um, Alright, well I guess we'll um, I guess we'll first start off with this. First thank you for coming and doing this. I really appreciate no it. No problem. How is this little mic working for you? It's actually doing awesome. I have a snowball at home. Um, I've used it a couple of times but I just I don't get it out. I don't I don't use it as much as I I probably should. I end up using the mic that's on my iPad. Oh really? I just use the built-in mic oh, on the this iPad. Oh, really nice. Yeah. I like. I'm so lazy that I haven't. <laughs> I don't want to open my computer and plug this shit in. I'm just like, all right, just hit play, record, we'll fucking whatever. I've done. I, I would do the same thing, and then I got this, and I was like, well, if I'm gonna start like podcasting, I wanna start doing it. I might as well just start getting used to it and using it. Yep. It, it always sounds a little weird, like yeah. hearing your voice. Oh yeah. Back to you. So and you. Sure, you, you should. You have. You have. You have no idea how my voice sounds in my own head. <laughs> it's like a hundred octaves lower. It's very deep, very masculine. And then it's, it's way more intelligent sounding. I, I, in my head, I'm very intelligent. In reality, I'm like a babbling maniac. <laughs> no, no, well, so this was actually a question that I was going to ask in this, but um, that segued really well. It doesn't have anything to do with the making of the record, but how did, how did you <laughs> How are you such a babbling maniac? <laughs> not at all, not at all. How did you discover your high tenor vocal range? I didn't really. I mean, somebody else sort of did. I, was just, I just sang. I just sang, I did what was comfortable for me, and um, other people were like, dude, you sing so high. I'm like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> Don't say that. And they're like, you do. I'm like, like, you say your voice is so high, it's like a girl's voice. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then I grew up and um, got comfortable with it. But I was a dumb, m macho, wannabe kid who was like, oh, whatever. It bummed me out. Well, I think what's, what's really interesting is that the singers that always kind of had the higher voices were people that were in bands like Aerosmith or in Queen mm -hmm. and those kinds of bands like that so it's kind of it's kind of funny how you kind of yeah. think like oh no that sucks and then you kind of look back and you're like I don't I don't, honestly I, I can't imagine why I thought it sucked in the beginning it just I, I just I, I was like I didn't want to own it you know but my yeah. favorite singers are Jeremy Eunuch yeah you know like um like you know just like Claudio Sanchez, a great singer. Oh, yeah. You know the yeah, the um, you know the bands like uh, Captain Jazz and American Football. Like they all have guys that are like higher pitch yeah. workers, You know. Oh, definitely. I'm not what I love. Nice. Um, well, first off, your voice is badass. It sounds awesome. Thank it you. totally it, it got it caught my attention. Like <laughs> I think it was on, I think it was on a uh, the Seosin. No, it was on the circuit like the first circuit mm -hmm. record that I heard because that was. That was in the time where I was kind of like, what's Seos and what's Circo? What's yeah. all that? So that I think it either feels really good to you or it's abrasive, you know? Yeah. It's polarizing, maybe. For sure. Um, so, Pixie Queen. This is the first time, um, as well, congratulations on the release of that. That was great to listen to. Thank you. Um, this is the fourth solo album you've got so far, and I have to say, so not only, you've got a ridiculous track record for not only releasing, like, really great music and work, but also working with a lot of really great projects, so from Seosin, Circuit Survive, the number of other like side projects yeah. and things that I'd seen. What was, what would you say were some of the biggest differences for you songwriting this time around on a fourth solo record in comparison to maybe the previous three? I think that all, the, all of the other records were sort of just collections of songs that I had laying around, the current songs I was writing, and then it was like, alright, this is current songs I was writing, like, you know, there wasn't really a theme. Yeah. And this was the first time I really sat down with a record and was like, all right, I'm going to write about this, like, sort of centralized emotion. Yeah. And relate it to, like, 
a lot of different things. Nice. Well, I, so I was going to say, the lyrics on, like, from a track like You'll Be Fine, it felt kind of, I mean, I mean what, was the, what was the centralized theme or the centralized emotion? Um, You'll Be Fine, it was sort of like a, it was a, 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 a frustration, for sure. That's what I felt like. Um, you know, uh, feeling like uh, slightly uh, used, you know? Yeah. Um, unappreciated. For sure. Well, I, um, I was always I was curious about that just from reading the lyrics because it almost it felt like it kind of had the frustration and it also had that sense of like hopelessness a little yeah. bit. Like, was that was that a harder song for you to write or was that did it feel because I'm always it's always either it's kind weird. Of polarizing. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, it's it's always it's not it's not really hard to write about it. It's almost just it's hard to share something like that. Like I writing uh, that that type of shit just comes natural to me. It's like all I ever write. <laughs> Uh, but like then when it becomes time to like okay well now I've recorded it and I have this thing that feels super heavy I'm gonna I'm gonna it's like usually it comes out of things I couldn't say to somebody yeah I naturally communicate better through music so uh, it's like a it's a difficult thing to let that go out there as like a little bird that's gonna go fly and and find uh, and find somebody to deliver the message to oh know? absolutely. Yeah. It's like a pterodactyl. It's going to bite your fucking head off. <laughs> Not the bird I was thinking of completely. I, I mean, well, it was funny because I had that image where you said a little bird and I was like... You think you're like a dove carrying yeah, a little message, it right? But it's, into a yeah. Yeah. So, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, would you consider a song... Um, would you consider a reason to stay a love song? And I asked that in that, que- in that way because sometimes when I read lyrics and I think, oh, it's a love song or it's a happy song, it's almost yeah. the polar opposite. I mean... I think that my idea of love is involves all of that polar opposite shit you're talking about. Yeah. So in that regard, it's a love song. You know, um, uh, message in a bottle is a love song. You know what I mean? But it's it's almost like, uh, 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 and you know, I'll be watching you is a love song. You know, but it's like fucking creepy and it's scary, <laughs> and it's like real. So uh, I feel like in that regard, it is. You know. Definitely. Um, so kind of going back on something you said about the not necessarily how hard, how it's not hard to say something, but it's hard to maybe, I guess, get that feeling out or figure out how to say it in a song. What was the process for writing a track like, I'm sorry for everything I've ever done? Like, that was a pretty intense song just from listening to it. I woke up with a melody in my head, and I was in, I was uh, staying at my wife's beach house, and uh, I woke up and I sang this melody all day in my head, and that day I was driving my kids to some I was coming home from the beach and dro- dropping my kids off and going in the studio and so when I went in the studio I just went and sat down at the piano for five or ten minutes and just figured out what chords sounded cool over the melody and then wrote all the lyrics uh, like in like five minutes Damn. and I, I, it's, it was a song that I had like uh, like in the back of my mind it sort of just wrote itself wow yeah do you think that when songs like that, like the ones that just come to you, do you think that inherently those are maybe, I don't know if, like, not necessarily the most powerful ones, but do you think that maybe they're, like, almost kind of the whole summation of a record, of an album? They can be. They can be? You know, but uh, the way, you know, songs come out of a lot of different things. It's crazy. I mean, I've had songs come out of 10 seconds, like full songs come out of like a, like a session like that, and I've also worked really, really hard collaborating with people on things, you know, where it's taken a really long time, and in a process that might be described as people as unorganic, 
but uh, still results in, in capturing and saying something that you really wanted to say in the way you wanted to say it. So it's like a, you can't really you can't really decipher the importance and you know, the weight of a song until you've abandoned it completely. Interesting, and and it's and it's also at the same time it's like songs can also be. I mean, just like movies, just like television, songs are almost always subjective. Even yeah. if it's somebody says, this is exactly what it's about, somebody yeah. else could go, no, I think it's about this. Yeah, to me, it's about something else, right? For sure. Um, you worked with um, Will Yip on the record. What did he bring to the table for you as a producer? I mean, as a producer, he, he, he brings so much. I mean, he's an incredible uh, uh, sounding board when it comes to, like, ideas that, you know, you're not sure about. You know, you go in with something and you're unsure and he'll help you piece it together really well. Um, he also has like a real confident nature about like uh, the music. So when you're when you're both really happy with something, you're like high-fiving, you're excited about it. He's really in the moment. Um, and he really knows how to make shit sound incredible. He, you know, he helped me really with every aspect of the record. And uh, you know, he's especially good at, uh, you know, we come from the same place, liking the same music, um, you know, having the same sort of goals you know uh, creatively and so we come from a place of like trying to be on the same page like that so if I have an idea that he needs to finish or vice versa we both know we're gonna take it somewhere where it's it's cool nice that's I mean that's great that's um, I mean that's super important when you're working yeah. with someone particularly someone that's gonna produce and play that role on the whole record I'm not the guy that like goes in and has like the vision of every detail of every step of the way I kind of go in I'm like an idea man. Okay. I go in with like foundation, and uh, I like to play the studio. Okay. I don't like having up everything figured out, and Will really lets me do that, and he does that with me in a real world way because he knows it so well. I'm using the studio as an instrument. Nice. See, I'm a total control freak. I work the opposite. I'm like, no. Before I step in here, I have to have every single like. Yeah. I almost get like MCR on it. Where See, like... to me, to me, that doesn't have. Um, you don't have a. Uh, the magic doesn't happen. Interesting. How so? Because there's so much spontaneous beauty that happens in the studio when you're just figuring something out. And like that's where like the coolest shit ever comes from, in my for me. So to go in there without any room for that. Yeah. You make room for it. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But... I'll have to try that next time because it's really what's it? Oh no, I'm good. Uh, so you had a grape with a uh, for describing it to people who are listening. So Anthony just had a grape with an almond in the center of it. As if it Taking these grapes, I'm sticking an almond in there. <laughs> grape nuts. Interesting. Ah, there you go. Very nice. It's like my favorite snack, grapes and almonds. <laughs> very nice. Uh, oh, sorry. I, something popped up on the mm -hmm. screen. But very interesting. Mm -hmm. I never thought of it that way in yeah. terms of recording. That's, yeah. very, that's a very different approach. I'm, I, see, I've always, like... I've always been very into like the almost the theatricality aspect of yeah. things. So I'm always kind of like I try to lay it out like a script and like yeah, totally. like that. But Absolutely. I do, I wish I had the spontaneity mm -hmm. gene. I wish I had that songwriter gene. I just like I get to a place with a song where I know it's gonna be good as it takes more form and I wanna make room for all that cool shit that you just try on the spot. Yeah. Do you experiment when you so when you're kind of experimenting stuff, is that are you talking in terms of maybe vocal melodies or with guitar effects with everything with everything yeah like I like to I'll sit down I'll write a ton of melodies and I'll demo them out and I'll have like an idea and I'll go in the studio and we'll try some more stuff you know what I mean like we'll go in I'll hear what Will has to say he's got any cool ideas we just 
We build everything until we're like so excited about it that it's like annoying. <laughs> Very nice. How long did, the, did it take for Pixie Queen to come together? Like collectively? Collectively? Yeah. About three years. Wow. That is insane. Oh. I was about to say. We took, a, we yeah. took, a, took us about two weeks to write, to write and record the record. Yeah. But some of the songs were written like three years ago. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Well, so I was going to so how did that, how were you able to essentially balance that between doing stuff with, because I remember doing stuff with like, I remember Circa going on tour and obviously mm -hmm. Seos and just went on tour this summer. Um, which was I just, I type everything timed out, pretty calculated. So it's like, all right, this is how much time I can do Circa in there. I'll have time that I can go in the studio and do the thing that's coming up next. I was working on the sales and record for like two years before it came out. You know, like I have everything scheduled out so that I can d devote specific amounts of time to specific things so that I can manage to do it all. I, I, I probably could be doing a lot more. People are always like, oh, you do so much. Not really. I could be doing so much more. It almost kind of it's like just based on if what I didn't have those see. goddamn kids. <laughs> No, uh, that's a joke, by the way. People, I make too many jokes. People get upset when you make jokes about your kids, but um, I actually probably do more shit now than I did before I had kids. How old are your kids, if I may ask? I didn't, I, I tried to never. Six, five, six, four, and almost five. Six, four, and two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's awesome. They're cool. They're pretty <laughs> kick-ass dudes. That's great. Um... I was going to ask you about Sayosin because I did see, I was at the, I did Taste of Chaos. I was actually, I photographed the Taste of Chaos. Cool. That was a fucking fantastic yeah, show. Was cool. That was really fun. Um, when did, just, I guess what was the general motion for coming and bringing that collectively back together? When did that kind of Chris and I, Chris and I started talking about it in like 2012. Okay. Boosty Kaka, the bass player. Yeah. Chris. And, um. He and I just were remained friends like the whole time that I had left the band and everything. We became friends and stayed together as, as buddies. And I was like a big fan of Cove and friends with Cove. And I was a part of the band in a way, like watching them grow. I was a fan of the band. And um, when they decided to, to part ways with Cove and things had kind of ended with the band and things weren't in a good way, I remember Chris saying something to me about wanting to write. And I always wanted to start a band with him, and it was like, why don't we just try it? Yeah. And to me, it was like such a magical experience playing that, doing that first EP, and uh, to not go back and see if that's still there just because of some ego shit or some some insecurity it seems foolish to me. It's such an such an important thing. Doesn't happen that often. And it turned out we got back together and hung out, and it was felt really good, and the music just fell right into place really well. And it was perfect. Absolutely. I mean, it feels like when I listen to that, I mean, I, I, I do like some of the older... You don't meet people that you make that type of harmony with in life. It would be a shame just because of some weird shit that happened over 10 years ago. Absolutely. To not go check that out. Yeah. I mean, it's like listening to... I liked what I heard on the other records with like Hope and things Hope like that. Hope is incredible. Yeah. It's it a different awesome. band with him. It's a different band with me and him That's in the band. That's what it felt like. It was like two different... It's like both were very... We're Stylistically, we're very different singles. We're singers. We have a higher voice whatever. Yeah. We might sound a little similar, but we're such different singers. Yeah. I noticed there was a bit more screaming and like a bit more... Of a He's got a way prettier voice than me. <laughs> I have like a very harsh voice. It sounds rad though. So Thank you. Definitely. I love it. Good. Um, that's fantastic. Um, and it's not, what was it that you called it at the beginning of it? You said you sounded like a babbling... 
Babbling Maniac? Yeah, uh, you're not a babbling maniac. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, these are the last two questions. We're about at our time right now. Um, thank you again for coming on. My pleasure. I always say thank you. My pleasure. Um, Gratitude is important. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I always kind of overdo it. No, I, I, mean, I feel the same way. I'll be like uh, saying thank you for shit over and over again, but it's... Uh, important to recognize gratitude and sincere gratitude is an extreme gift to let people know of and don't second guess yourself with it. I am so grateful for you paying attention to my music, paying attention to all my projects and um, celebrating music with what you do as a job. So. Thank you man, I appreciate it. That, that means a lot. Um, so I always close any kind of podcast, any kind of music interview with these last two questions and I give it this preface because they're a little bit broader. One is almost more in kind of like the almost famous territory of like that movie, but they're a good way to kind of wrap things up. So the first is what kind of message, if you have one, would you like fans to walk away with after listening to your music? I don't really, I don't really have a message. Okay. I just like, uh, I think music is about escapism for me. And uh, if, if they can escape into my into the music that I'm part of making in a way that eases some anxiety for them that would be my greatest hope but whatever message is so, so subject it's like I don't know for sure no worries and that's why I always say if you have one because yeah, sometimes people don't have anything to, don't have any kind of message yeah, I just, yeah I just like singing it makes me feel good cool I hope, it, I hope it makes me feel good awesome and uh, the last question is what does music mean to you? Well, music is like a, 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 is a my god. I think it's part of the fabric that makes up everything that is around us, everything that's making up you, everything that's making up this table. I think it's some vibrational thing that is going on between all the atoms and cells that make up every living thing that music is directly related to that we don't really know about yet. Science hasn't figured out the quantifiable reason why you feel the way you feel when you listen to certain melodies or certain things happen to you and you get so moved by it. It's not, it's not measurable. And I truly worship the feeling I get when I'm singing the right melody at the right time with the right lyrics and the right rhythm. It's, it's everything to me. And I think that uh, it's like the most important feeling I've ever felt and I want to do it all the time and I want to be a part of doing it and I want to hear it all the time and I want to make it all the time. To me it's uh, it's it's everything. It transcends pain, transcends uh, anger, transcends everything that is rotten about humanity, and it's everything that's good about life. That was a beautiful. Answer. That was awesome. That <laughs> Sorry was if I was a little overboard. I'm an artist. I can't. No. I can't help it. <laughs> no, that was perfect. I I get such a wide variety of answers. So that was a beautiful way to close. Out. Anthony Green, thank you so much, man. Thank you. Absolutely. All Thanks right. for paying attention to my shit. I'm going to go watch my buddy sing. No worries. Take care. This episode of For the Record was brought to you by Audible.com. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash shameless promo and get a free audiobook plus 30 free days with an Audible.com trial. Once again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash shameless promo.